0: Well, good morning, everybody. This has kind of become an annual deal, hasn't it? I think the last, I don't know, three, four years, coming the last Sunday of the year. So uh, great to be back. Always always fun to come to Esterville. I was driving through town last night and going out to the old parsonage and called Colleen and telling her what this and that and everything, you know, so just reminiscing, so um, Gary and I were talking this morning, it was 40 years ago <laughs> that I first came to Esterville. I was an old 30-year-old kid <laughs> at the time when when we moved to Esterville, so that tells you how old I am now, right? <laughs> 40, 30, yeah. yeah, so, okay, um, I'm going to take just a couple minutes to talk about Great Commission Media Ministry, and then we'll get into the Word. Um, most of you know that the last 12 years now, I've been with this ministry based in Finland. And uh, we, we do two major things. The first, first thing we do out of Finland is we have um, television studios in Finland. And every day, five days a week, we do programming in Arabic and Farsi. So we bring people from all over Europe into our studios in Finland whose first language is Arabic or first language is Farsi. Farsi is the language of Iran. People watch satellite television in the Middle East like probably nowhere else in the world. Iran has 75 million people but 45 million satellite dishes because it's their only way out. And the government actually tried to tear down satellite dishes. because. They were getting so much influence from the West and so much Christian influence that they didn't like that. Uh, it did not work. Every, every dish they tore down, people bought new ones right away. So um, uh, because of that, they gave up that process. And, and so satellite television is an amazing way to bring the gospel into areas of the world that you can't go as a missionary. Saudi Arabia, Iran, Iraq, many places, it's very, very difficult to go as a missionary today, but we are able to go every day, every day, every day. We do a 1,000 programs a year now on satellite television. The response in the Middle East has been beyond anything that I ever expected. In fact, I hesitated sharing the numbers for quite a while because I wanted to make sure they were documented numbers. And now I can tell you they are. We are averaging 200,000 responses a month from the Middle East, to our ministry, from people who are watching our programming, all over the Middle East. Um, The response has been so consistent that now we've opened an office in Egypt. The US side of the ministry actually pays for that office uh, every month, uh, an office with 16 full-time workers in Egypt that are doing all the follow-up of these people that are contacting our ministry. Some of them are Christians, some of them are Muslims, Some of them are are interested in the gospel. Um, Some of them are curious seekers, um, but we're responding to all of them. And um, it's it's a wonderful part of our ministry, kind of a hidden part of our ministry. The part of our ministry that's, that's the most visible is what we call our media evangelism campaigns that we've done all over the world. We've done 105 cities now, and I've been involved in some of them personally, And and basically what we do is we go into a city, um, and most of these are dark places uh, or difficult places in the world, Um, and and we go into a city, we gather churches together who have invited us to come. We don't go where we're not invited. We only go where we're invited by a significant group of churches cross-denominationally. And um, basically what we do is we gather the church leaders together, we help them, we coach them in, into choosing 20 or 30 of the best testimonies, the best life stories from their culture, people whose lives have been transformed by the gospel. Then we do 25-minute um, documentaries on each one of their lives. So if it's a doctor, it may be in their office. If it's a sports figure, it may be on the field. If it's a mu- musician, it may be in a studio, whatever. So, so we do these 25-minute life stories, what their life was like before they came to Christ, how they came to Christ very specifically the process of how they came to Christ and what their life is like now since they've come to know Jesus. At the bottom of each life story is a website and a phone number. The phone number is connected to a call center. So we establish a call center in that city. Uh, We train people from local churches to staff the call center. Some places, thousands of people actually staff the call center 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We do programming for a whole month. So every night for a month, there's a different life story on secular television. We don't do Christian television. We do secular television. We're not trying to reach the choir. We're trying to reach people who've never heard of Jesus. So, so every night for a month, there's a different testimony on secular television and on radio. We do all kinds of advertising. We do billboards. We do newspaper ads. We do all kinds of stuff. Uh, social media, of course, now more than ever. Um, and then, and then it all happens. Uh, the advertising happens the week before the campaign begins on television and radio, and then, and then it all starts. And and all over the world, all over the world, we see thousands and thousands of people come to Christ. This last year, um, we were a, a a man from South Sudan in Africa flew to Finland. Uh, to meet with Hanu Halka, the founder of our ministry. He was the evangelical head of the Evangelical Union of South Sudan. He came and did a Macedonian call. He basically came and said, Would you come and help us? We had no plans of going to South Sudan. He flew at his own expense. South Sudan, very, very poor country. Little background South Sudan, in the middle of Africa. Um, it broke off of Sudan. Uh, in 2011, small country, 12 million people, very, very poor, very poor. Uh, Unfortunately, 2013, they entered into tribal civil war. In five years, 2013 to 18, they were in tribal civil war. Over 400,000 people were killed. Many Christians were killed. Many pastors were killed. It was horrific, horrific. So very, very dark place. <clears throat> and, and so we felt called of God that we should do a media campaign there. So we did everything that I told you about. We, we set it all up with them um, in, in, in South Sudan. Uh, surprisingly to us, the president and the vice president went on state television before our campaign began. State television, really the only television station in the country. So, you know, kind of held hostage. So so we were on state television every night at 9 o'clock with a life story. But before our programming began, the president and the vice president of the country, we've never seen this happen before, went on television and encouraged the nation to watch our programming. And so we saw amazing response. We set up our call center, we we printed a book, we put a book every place we go. This is the book we did in South Sudan. Uh, it goes from back to front, not like it does normally, um, because it's written in South Sudanese Arabic. Um, but but it's, uh, th- this is very similar to the books that we use all over the world. Obviously, their people, their language, their life stories are in it, plus very simple evangelism, discipleship materials. So we started. First three days, we had over 10,000 calls into the call center, and it continued, It continued so strong that we ended up going, instead of a month, we did it two months in South Sudan. And we probably received over 500,000 calls into the call center. But we had problems. Number one, uh, 70% of the people are illiterate. So the book did them no good uh, for many of the people. Our our second problem was that many of the people live in 3,000 villages all over the nation. That are outside of the reach of television and radio, okay? So, they they weren't hearing anything. They weren't getting any message. All right. So we'd never done this before, but we 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 bought these units. Um, they're called digital audio players. It's not video. It's just audio, um, and and it's solar powered. Okay. Uh, it's got a hookup, so you can hook up a, a earplugs or a or a megaphone and in most of these villages, they're using a megaphone with them. Um, we, we put all the life stories in South Sudan on these. We put uh, the Gospel of John on these. We put Christian music, not from Mesterville, Iowa, but from South Sudan on these. And we put children's programming on these. And, they, and, and it can't be erased. So it's, so it's encrypted into the unit. So what it is, it is. All right? And let's see if I can get this thing to work. Okay, I have no idea what she said. (laughs) That's South Sudanese Arabic, but but that's that's kind of how it works. So basically, we bought twenty thousand of these units, fifteen dollars a piece for the unit, and then another five dollars to put all the stuff on it. So. Twenty bucks a pop, so it costs us four hundred thousand dollars. We had one guy in Canada bought them all. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? <laughs> that was thrilling. So now my responsibility has been the distribution process. So, so basically, what we're doing is is we're um, we're using a Christian humanitarian organization in South Sudan called Across. They already have connections with the video with with the villages. They already do humanitarian aid, food, clothing, so forth, into the villages, so the people already know them, so they have credibility in the villages. So, so, they are taking these. We're we're paying for this, but 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 they're taking these to the villages, okay. And 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 they're training about three or four Christian leaders in each village, uh, how to use these units, and um, and so we're targeting all three thousand villages we we up to date uh, we have now reached about 1500 of the 3000 villages and we have already wonderful testimonies of people that are coming to Christ people that are some of these people are unreached peoples never heard the gospel so it's it, it's it's a wonderful 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 outreach i'm i'm figuring it's costing me about 20 dollars a village to do the distribution process and and it's working praise god and and so very very grateful so that, um, following South Sudan, this year we did Dar es Salaam, Tanzania, in East Africa. And it, it's our second city in Africa. And um, we had 1,000 churches that worked with us in Dar es Salaam. Um, we had 140,000 calls into the call center. Uh, they're, they're using a book in, in, in Swahili. Uh, and, and uh, they're doing the follow-up, and it's going very well. So, so that, that's that. Um, our next one, our next media campaign is in Ukraine, right on the border of Ukraine and Russia, right in the war zone, and, and, and uh, that's happening this spring, and it's all ready to go. We're just waiting for the right time after winter passes. <laughs> uh, that makes it a little bit more comfortable to actually do one there. So that's happening um, Mongolia is on 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 the list for this next year. Uh, Dakar, Senegal in in West Africa is on our list. Hanu just got back from Hong Kong. You know of all the ter- turmoil that's happening in Hong Kong. We're looking at uh, meeting with pastors in Hong Kong, seeing if we can actually do one there. Not sure yet. So be praying for us. Um, I've got I've got newsletters in the back. It, it tells the Africa story. So feel free to take take the newsletter as you go. Uh, If you'd like to kind of follow our ministry through the year, just sign up. I'll I'll mail it to you. Happy to send you a hard copy. Actually, I would rather send you a hard copy. You can get it on email as well um, if you would choose to do that. I just know you get so much stuff by email that if you're like me, you click a lot of stuff off. So (laughs) I'd rather give you the hard copy. But uh, either way works. All right. That's that. Take your Bibles, turn this morning to Matthew chapter 6, that's where we're going to start this morning. Father, I thank you for Calvary Gospel Assembly, I thank you for the lighthouse this church has been in this community now for over 100 years. I don't know. I don't know how many years. We were talking about it earlier, but Lord, I just pray your blessing upon Calvary Gospel Assembly. I pray that you would continue to use them. Thank you for bringing the Hovingas here. Thank you, Lord, for for the faithful people that are part of this congregation. We pray you bless our time in your word this morning. In Jesus' name, Amen. Matthew 6:19, "Do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Say treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. We are so earthbound. I am so earthbound. I, you know, I mean, I am. It's just the way that it is. You know, I mean, this is where we live, right? <laughs> and, so, and so we're very connected here. Very connected here. And, and, and Jesus here is not so much talking about money here. <laughs> I'm not going to talk about money here this morning. Uh, he's primarily talking about where your treasure is. He's really talking about heaven. And, and, and he's saying that 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 I want your treasure to not be primarily here on earth. I want your treasure to be in heaven. And it, it if it's going to be in heaven for me, if it's going to be in heaven for you, it's going to be very intentional. It's not going to happen otherwise because we are just tied into weather and sports and politics and for you guys farming and, and cement work, and, and and whatever you do, you know, uh, building wheels, and, and you know, all, all this stuff. Life, right? Family, Christmas, New Year's, you know, and all of it's good. All of it's good. There's None of this is evil. It's all good stuff. But if we're not careful, we are so consumed with the present that we hardly ever think about heaven. Um, John 3.16. For God so loved the world, that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever would believe in Him would have a wonderful life here on earth, and everything would be rosy. Is that what it says? No, it doesn't. Jesus, the focus of John 3.16 is what? That you would not perish but you would have everlasting life. So so the Jesus focus of coming, the whole issue of Christmas, the whole issue of of Easter, the whole issue of all the things that we celebrate around the coming of Jesus Christ, it all has to do with not here, but there. Not now, but then. Huh? Huh? But you're here. How many are here? Are you here? Good, good. I hope you're here. All right. Uh, and, 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 and the thing is, is that, is that we, we are so focused on our life here that heaven really seems a distant place. Um, I've been fascinated with heaven ever since I was a little kid. My my dad passed away when I was four. He was an Assembly of God pastor, uh, wonderful man of God, from what I hear. <laughs> I only have one slight memory of my dad. Um, he died of kidney failure at 33 years of age, and and so my mom was 29, uh, and and so I never never got to know my dad. But but I, I I've always I've always been fascinated with. Where's my dad? Where's heaven? What's he doing right now? What what is heaven like? So so, so it's always been a part of my life. Um, Anthropological evidence, which is the study of human cultures, suggests that every culture has a God-given innate awareness of eternity. Um, You see it in all kinds of writings, from all over the world. Um, Seneca, who was a Roman philosopher, lived during the time of Christ, 4 BC to 65 AD, this is what he said. The the day thou fearest as the last is the birthday of eternity. So every culture, he wasn't a Christian, every culture has an awareness of eternity, that there's something beyond this natural, physical life. How many know that you have a terminal disease? Every one of you. From the day you were born, you had a terminal disease. It's called mortality. Huh? and and there's the hourglass you know some of you are young and you've got a lot in the top of your glass some of us are older and a lot more is in the bottom of the glass than at the top i mean that's just the way that it goes um but 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 there's there's a few exceptions enoch elijah and of course jesus but but most of us probably all of us except for those who will be alive at the coming of christ um at the second coming of Christ, um, are going to experience the reality of death. I mean, that's just the reality. We don't know a lot about heaven. I know there's been lots of books written about heaven. Uh, there's been movies made on heaven. And, and just hold, hold them with an open hand. Some of it is probably very, very true, okay? But some of it cannot be documented biblically. And, and so because of that, we don't say, oh, this is, this is gospel truth. Well, okay, I mean, that may be a little snapshot of the way heaven is, but, but the scripture is clear. 1 Corinthians 13, now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part. Now I know to some degree, in a measure. But then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So, so you know, Paul, Paul says we don't know a whole lot about heaven. Martin Lloyd-Jones wrote three huge volumes called The Great Doctrines of the Bible, You know how much he wrote about heaven? Two pages, because there just wasn't much to write. Wasn't too much to say about heaven, because we don't know too much. Um, The New Living Translation of 1 Corinthians 13 says, now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror. Then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know is partial and incomplete. Then I will know everything completely, just as God Uh, now knows me completely. So, we have a limited view. We have a limited understanding of heaven. Heaven is going to be God's biggest surprise for all of us. You know, the scripture's clear, that Jesus has been spending the last 2,000 years preparing a what? Place for us. John 14, I go to prepare a place for us. It's an amazing reality. 2,000 years preparing. We we have no idea how marvelous heaven will be. I mean, some of you have traveled nationally or internationally and seen a lot of beautiful things. A a lot of what God has created a long time ago. But it, it is nothing in comparison to what Jesus has been preparing for whom for those who love him it's amazing amazing reality so so he's gone to prepare a place for us the word place the word topos which is where we get the word ground topography okay and 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 uh, so so heaven is not an ethereal woo woo you know just air up there somewhere no no heaven is a place Heaven is a place. It's the place where angels live. It's the place where God's throne is. It's the place where Jesus is. That's heaven. It's the place where many of our loved ones are who love who 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 knew Christ. Now Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 14 says since therefore children share in flesh and blood Jesus himself likewise partook of the same that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver all those who fear, who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. Now, if you read that quickly, it almost sounds like that when Jesus came and died on the cross, he destroyed the devil. Well, the word destroy here does not mean annihilate. How many know the devil is still working here in our world today? All right, so... so the word destroy here means to annul, it means to bankrupt, it means to unemploy. It means to render powerless. And for you as a Christian, you do not have to fear the devil. The scripture is clear: greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So so we're not we're not walking around shaking our boots about the devil. Why? Because because the Holy Spirit, if you're a believer, the Holy Spirit dwells within you, and, 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 and you have nothing to fear. You have nothing to fear. Now, the reality is this. Paul made clear in, in Ephesians chapter 4. He talks about it this way. Neither give topos, topography, ground to the devil. Okay? So, the only way Satan has any authority in your life, has any power in your life, is because you give it to him. (laughs) That's the only power he has, is is the power that you give him. He has has no authority, he has no power, unless you give him that power, unless you give him that place, unless you give him that topography in your life and say, come on in. Okay? And... We've all done it. <laughs> yes. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Okay. Dave Ogren has done that. You have done that. We have done that. We repent of that, right? We turn from that. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us, and we kick the devil out, right? All right. So, so and, and then we move on. All right. You know. Um, but that's the only way he has access. But, but the other thing that Hebrews 2 says here is that, is that Jesus has delivered all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. Now, death is a reality today. Okay? In fact, Paul tells us in, in 1 Corinthians 15 that the last enemy that will be destroyed is death. Uh, Colleen, my wife, her mom just passed away, just a couple of months ago now, um, at 91. So she lived a good long life. She 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 had a very a difficult end uh, with with stomach cancer, and um, and we were very grateful when she went home to be with the Lord. Okay, death is still an enemy. Paul calls it that. The last enemy that will be destroyed is death. So the process of death is still the enemy. Heaven glorious. Dying horrible. Frankly, I've seen a lot of people die. I've seen a lot of Christians die. Stood a lot of graves, uh, uh, bedsides of people who were in the process of dying through the years, through you know 35 years of pastoring. So, <clears throat> um, but the wonderful thing is, is that I've seen a lot of pain. I've seen a lot of suffering. I've seen a lot of misery associated with death. But I have never seen a Christian die traumatized. Because that was destroyed by Jesus. He has destroyed the fear of death. He's not destroyed the pain of death, but he's destroyed the fear of death. That's why That's why David said, Psalm 23 prophetically, though I walk through the gorge, by the way, it's not an open valley, wide open space, it's this deep gorge, is the word in the Hebrew, though I walk through the deep gorge of the valley of the shadow of death, I will what? Fear no evil, why? You're with me. Okay, so so there's this marvelous, marvelous awareness of the presence of God. We appreciate life. How many are glad you're alive today? I hope you are. Hope hope you're enjoying life today. I, I mean, that's that's just the way that it is. Most of us, most of us don't want to die today. I, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to keel over here with a heart attack right in front of you. I, I have no desire of dying right here. You know, I mean, um, most of us enjoy living as we. As we can to the best of our ability. Um, we all want to go to heaven, but we just don't want to go right now, right? <laughs> I mean, that's the, that's the tension that we live in, right? We, we live in that tension between those two realms. But, but I have found that for myself, and I've been trying to do this in my own life, is, is that I have to reel myself in to, not make, to make sure that my treasure is not here. But there. That I think not just simply about Earth. You know, and 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 some of you are Vikings fans, some of you are Bears fans, some of you are just Hawkeye fans, some of you or whatever. Cycle, maybe? maybe? I don't know. Yeah. So, so you know, but you know, but but we this is where we live. This is this is what we focus on. This is this is life, you know, and 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 we enjoy it and we appreciate it. But but if I, if we're not careful, we we just get sucked into all this Fox News and and sports and work and this and that and everything. You know, if we're not careful, we're just consumed by all of this, and we we lose sight. And Jesus says, "Make sure your treasure isn't here. It's not your farm. It's not your business." It's not even your family. Make sure your treasure is in heaven. Second Corinthians 4. We don't lose heart, though our outward self is wasting away, which is true for all of us. Our inner self is being renewed day by day. This light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. Now listen to this. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are not seen. Things that are seen are temporary. The things that are unseen are eternal. So what you can't see right now is eternal. What you can see is temporary. (laughs) Temporary. A few years back I was in Finland, and. And, and uh, I had the privilege, my, 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 actually, my, my, my grandma and grandpa on, on my father's side actually lived in Finland and, and immigrated. They were Swedish, but they were immigrated from, from Finland to the US. And, and so I was a, able to actually go up and see my grandmother's house that she lived in as a little girl. It was a log-style log house. And, and so it was still existing. But I mean, you, you could tell it wasn't going to exist very much longer. Uh, you know, so, so all this stuff that is so important to us, one day will be gone. It will be gone. And, and, and we need to keep reminding ourselves of that because if we're not, we almost live like this is forever. And that's why David said in Psalm 39, Lord, make me to know my end and what is the measure of my days that I may know how frail I am. God, keep reminding me. Life is short. Eternity is long. I should not live simply for time. I should not live simply for my work, and 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 and, and what's in my four hundred one k, and 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 how much money we made this year, and where are we going on vacation, and 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 you know, uh, did the Hawkeyes win or lose? I think they won, right? Yeah, they won. All right. So, so you know, I, I, I still keep up on the Hawkeyes. So, so, yeah, they're one of my teams I follow. Um, you, you know, but, but all this stuff, we're not careful. That, 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 that's what consumes us. And, and David says, make me to know that life is frail. Many of us know that already. But, but we have to be reminded. I need to be reminded all the time. My dad died at 33. I I know that, but at the same time, I need to still remind myself regularly. This is not it. This is temporary. I need to not live simply for this. James said it this way in James chapter four. Come now you who say today or tomorrow, we will go to such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist, Appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, he doesn't say making a prophet is evil or wrong or you shouldn't do that. He doesn't say that at all. He says, He said, instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we'll live or do this or that. He said, He said, otherwise, it's arrogance. (laughs) You know, So, so there's this awareness, this awareness, treasure. Where's my treasure? It's not here. It's not here. This is going to go. This is going to go. It's going to be gone. Now, Colossians chapter 3, verse 2, says it this way. Set your minds. Set your minds. The word set means to over and over and over and over and over again direct your attention. Over and over and over again. Direct your attention. Over and over, savor it. Over and over, entertain it. Over and over, show interest in it. That's what it means in the Greek. Set your minds on things above, not on the things on the earth. So I was home a couple days ago, home for a couple weeks over Christmas, and and uh, and and every morning I have a place where I sit, do my devotions early in the morning, and 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 and. I was thinking about this, and, and so I, 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 I've been sitting in the morning and spending a little time every day just focusing on the fact that, hey, Ogren, one day you're going to die. And this is not all there is. And you, you can't just live for now. And you know what happens when you begin to live not just for here but for there? It changes a lot of stuff. I mean, you end up treating your family different, uh, co-workers different, you do business different, um, you think twice about little white lies. Anybody ever tell a little white lie? Or a little black lie? <laughs> All right, All right. We, You know, I, I mean, you, you think twice about that kind of exaggeration of the truth. Okay, all all of that, all of that changes when you set your mind regularly over and over. You savor, you entertain, you give your thought, you, 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 you think about what is heaven like? C.S. Lewis said it this way. If you read history, you will find that the Christians who did the most were just those who thought most of the next, speaking of heaven. It is since Christians have largely ceased to think of the other world that they have become so ineffective in this one. Now this, this last sentence, hopefully you'll remember. Aim at heaven, and you'll get earth thrown in. Aim at earth, and you'll get neither. I love that. Aim at heaven, and you'll get it. You know, there's, there's, there's lots of guys out there that are worth tons and tons and tons of money they they will never be able to spend all the money they have but they are miserable because they have aimed at earth but i know christians who have tons and tons of money and they are using it for kingdom purposes you know and blessing their families and doing other things but 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 because they're aimed at heaven they got not only earth but heaven they got both and that's exactly what c.s. lewis is talking about. Now, now, there's people in the world today that don't struggle like we do, okay? We struggle because we have it so good, <laughs> all right? Um, there were, in 2018, there was 4,136 people that died, clearly martyrs. Okay, there's all kinds of numbers out there for martyrs, but, but, but the actual numbers are much smaller. So, 4,136 people in 2018, died as clear martyrs. That's 11 people a day. So more than likely today, 11 people today, somewhere in the world, will die. They will face the reality of death just because they will not renounce Jesus Christ. Pick out 11 people in this room. Think. If those 11 people had to make a choice, I'm going to live, or I'm not going to renounce Jesus, and I'm going to die. Why don't we pray for those 11 people right now that are facing that? Lord, we just pray for these 11 people all over the world right now. And those people are not thinking about their 401K, or they're not thinking about retirement, or they're not thinking about their next vacation. They're thinking about heaven. And I just pray, God, as today, they spend their last day on earth, that you would be very close to them. May they sense your presence. Give them strength in Jesus' name. It's estimated one out of every nine Christians in the world live in 50 countries where there's extreme persecution. The number one on the list is North Korea for persecution against Christians. It's Estimated there's probably 300,000 Christians still in North Korea. Uh, of those, though, 30 to 50,000 of them are in labor camps in North Korea. Histori- um, numbers that go back to 2011 tell-, tell us that probably 50% of anybody that goes into a labor camp in North Korea does not come out alive, 50%. So half of those Christians, more than likely, will not live to get out of prison. They will die in prison. And I will guarantee you, all those people in labor camps in North Korea are not thinking about Earth. They're thinking about heaven. It's just a different, different awareness. Interesting side note. Kim Jong-un is the dictator of North Korea. Very evil man. Not his, not his dad, not his grandfather, but his great-grandfather and great-grandmother. That's not that far back. His great-grandfather and great-grandmother were caught up in a massive revival that hit North Korea. Thousands and thousands and thousands of people came to Christ, including his great-grandmother and great-grandfather, and they became missionary evangelists. Now, Kim Jong-un and their family has wiped that off of North Korea's history. But you could look it up, and it's still there. Interesting reality. All right, that's just a sign point. I'm almost done, and everybody said amen to that, right? All right, so, okay. Heaven. Matthew 18. See see that you do not despise one of these little ones, For I tell you that in heaven, their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. So, that's where we get the whole idea of guardian angels. Angels. Psalm 91, he will give his angels charge over you. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 14, ministering spirits. Angels sent to serve us who inherit salvation. That's us. Angels. Anybody here ever seen an angel? Anybody seen it? You have, amazing, you know. I have never seen an angel, but I, I will tell you that you have all encountered an angel somewhere. You probably didn't see them, but actually, they're probably right here, <laughs> right now. Hello! <laughs> <laughs> they're probably laughing right now. <laughs> angels. It's a part of that unseen realm, huh? Part of that unseen realm that's very real, that's more real than what we're seeing today. Now, let me, let me just kind of close this all up. Jesus, when he's on the cross, the thief turns to him, says an amazing thing, amazing revelation. He says to Jesus, the thief does, remember me, When you come into your kingdom. Where in the world did he get that? Remember me. How did he know that Jesus had a kingdom? Remember me when you come into your kingdom. What did Jesus say? Jesus said to him, today you will be with me. Not you know not not 20 years from now not 100 years from now not not after soul sleep today you will be with me today okay so so new testament teaching concerning heaven is this is that when you as a christian die all right you are second corinthians 5 verse 8 you are absent from your body and you are present with the lord Absent from the body. That's what Jesus said to this guy. You'll be with me today. Absent from the body, present with the Lord. Philippians chapter 1, verse 23. My desire is to depart. What? This body. To depart and to be where? With Christ. So Alan is with Christ. My dad is with Christ. My mom is with Christ. Colleen's mom, Vi, is with Christ. Christ. John 13 Jesus says to Peter where I'm going you can't follow me now but you will follow me afterward Interesting So where is Christ Christ is Colossians chapter 3 Christ is sitting at the right hand of the Father So heaven That's where Jesus is That's That's where you're going When you die you will leave this earth, you will leave this body, and you will go to heaven. Now, there are three kinds of bodies. There's a natural body. How many have a natural body? If you don't have one, you shouldn't be here. Okay, so, so we all have natural bodies, all right? All right. And, uh, uh, Paul calls it the corruptible body, and this corruptible body will not inherit the kingdom of God. So this body, the way that it is, isn't going to go to heaven, and we all know that. Okay, we've all seen that Seen, seen that reality. But, but Paul says there's not just a natural body, but there's also a spiritual body. There's a natural body and there is a spiritual body, First Corinthians 15:44, which is distinct from the natural body. Second Corinthians 5 verse 1 says, "If our earthly home is destroyed, if this corruptible is destroyed, we have a heavenly dwelling. We have a heavenly body, okay? So, so, when you die, you are not going to be like Casper the Friendly Ghost. How many remember Casper the Friendly Ghost? Okay. You're not going to be like Casper. All right. You will have a body that is recognizable. Why do we know that? We know that because of the transfiguration of Jesus in Matthew chapter 17. What happens? What happens in the transfiguration of Jesus? Peter, James, and John Jesus' inner circle, the three buddies, and by the way, one of those three buddies, James, was thrust through with the sword shortly after this and killed. Are we surprised that some people die younger, whereas others die older? We should not be. I mean, the inner circle of Jesus, can we say, well, James must have forgot his morning devotions. No, 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 no. I mean, that's an amazing story. The same story where Peter is delivered from prison, the prison doors open, the chains fall off, Peter walks out of the prison saying, man, what's going on here? That same story, just before that, James is thrust with the sword and killed. Why was James killed and Peter spared? I don't know. And neither do you. (laughs) Because the Scripture doesn't tell us. The secret things belong to God. There's a lot of things. How many got some, some questions you'd like to ask God about why why such and such happened, huh? You got a couple questions. I do. Some of them I might get answers to this side of heaven. The rest, we'll get an answer over there, and maybe it won't matter, <laughs> right? All right. So so spiritual body. So so okay. Transfiguration. Jesus is on this mountain. He's with Peter, James, and John. And all of a sudden, there's two other guys there. Who were they? Anybody tell me? Moses and Elijah. Okay. And Peter, being Peter, when he didn't know what to do, he talked. <laughs> I mean, that was Peter. I, I mean, he just he just talked a lot, you know, and especially when he got nervous, he talked. So so he talks. And 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 Moses and Elijah look as real to him as Jesus does and he says, hey why don't we just stay up here and we'll bring, build three tabernacles <laughs> one for you Jesus, one for Moses and Elijah and all of a sudden those two guys were gone but they were they were as visible and as recognizable as Jesus was. hallelujah so when you get to heaven, my dad's got a spiritual body that I'll recognize. There's my dad. You'll recognize that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're not, not Casper the Friendly Ghost. Praise be unto God. He has a spiritual body, and one day, one day when Jesus comes back, the greatest physical miracle that has ever happened, other than the resurrection of Jesus. Is going to happen when the scripture says the dead in Christ will rise, and we who are alive and remain will be caught up. What does that mean? The dead in Christ? does that mean the dead are in the? It means the body. The body is somewhere. I mean, I mean, think, think of somebody that dies in the ocean and is eaten by a fish, and then that fish is eaten by another fish. Where is that person? Well, God knows. We don't know, but God knows. But, but what's going to happen is that this spirit body is going to be connected with the physical that is now destroyed, and you and I will have what's called a glorified body, a body that is just like the body of Jesus. Philippians 3, 20. He will transform our bodies to be like His glorious body. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Now, I'm done. Satan hates that you have eternal life. He hates it. He he hates it. He hates it because every day, every day, every day, every day, he is reminded that he lost and Jesus won. Every day, because every day, Christians are dying all over the world. Every day, people are going to heaven. Every day, and every day, he is put to an open shame that Jesus won and he lost. Let me read one scripture. I told you I was done, and I am. Okay, this is it. This is it. Let me find it. Okay, it opens its mouth. This is Revelation 13. To utter blasphemies against God, blaspheming his name and his dwelling. That is those who dwell in heaven. Every day, Satan is blaspheming the name of God and the name of our loved ones who made it to heaven. (laughs) Because it tells him all over again, this is not over. What happened 2,000 years ago still has impact, and people are still going to heaven, and Jesus won. And so have you. And for that reason, our treasure better not be here cuz I'll tell you what the last 40 years just went like that and Peggy we remember when we were young and our kids were young right we remember and how quickly that those passed now 40 years from now, I'll be 110. (laughs) I'm not planning on being here at 110. (laughs) But we know how fast that goes, huh? So don't put your eggs in this basket, because this is fragile, and things change very quickly. And one day, we're going to be in heaven, and we're going to be grateful. We made the right choices and we chose to serve Jesus. Bow your heads with me. Father, I thank you. (laughs) Thank you that you've gone to prepare a place for us. Thank you that there is a place called heaven. Thank you for the comfort it gives us today. Help me help all of us to not be so consumed with the visible that we lose sight of the invisible. We lose sight of the eternal. We lose sight of that which will last forever. Help us to live for you. Help us to order our lives in accordance with your word. Help us to do those things that please you. Just with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, just before pastor comes. I'm not going to ask you to stand, or I'm not going to point you out, or I'm not going to come and pray for you personally unless you want me to. You can come to me if you want. But but if you're here today and, and you just recognize, I got some stuff out of order in my life, and I need to, I need to set things right. I need to put things right between me and the Lord. And uh, I have been encouraged today to do that. If that's you, just just put your hand up real quick. Hand up, hand down. Just want to pray. Yep. Yep. Others say, yep. I've had to do this many times. In fact, I had to do it this week. Yep. <laughs> my life in order. Put your life in order. Lord Jesus, we just commit our lives to you. So many of us have fallen short of the glory of God more times than we can count. But God, we come back to wanting to put our eggs in heaven's basket, make sure our treasure is there and not here. Focus on the eternal and not simply the temporal. Do what you've called us to do with our lives. God, I pray that we'd make you proud by how we live, by how we talk, by how we relate to people. I pray, oh God, that our lives would be lived to your glory. We thank you for that in Jesus' name.